You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The College Loop Podcast, episode 69 of The College Loop Podcast, the nicest episode you are ever going to watch of the show. Uh, I am here joined, and we have a full house for once. Uh, I know it's awesome. It's been what? How how long has that been? It's been a don't even try to do the math. <laughs> I was trying to find it, but yeah, uh, it started off with Daniel. It's been the longest. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, I apologize for my extended absence. Had to take a little mental health break, and then started a new job. So haven't had much in the way of free time, um, but uh, nonetheless, happy to be back. Glad to have you back, Daniel. Mental health is important. We've been uh, all through. All of us have gone through it this year. It is. It's been ups and downs. All more ups than downs with the loops. We got a great following, a great fan base, and and we've got a pretty damn fun show. Uh, I feel like I should say disclaimer: none of the mental health issues I was experiencing were related to the loop in any way. Um, <laughs> don't don't want to start any, don't want to start the rumor mill on that one. It was unrelated things. But D- Daniel knows that Dylan and I like to fire up the rumor mill every now and again. Rumor <laughs> has it Daniel Locke hates all of us. <laughs> Uh, yes, no. Glad, glad, glad to see that here that you're doing better, buddy. Glad to have you back, um, and uh, glad to be excited to be talking on the nicest episode of the College Loop you'll ever listen to. Of course, let's talk and football, Dylan. Let's get right into the football conversation. And you want to start off with the list or central rivalry that might have to be moved uh, moved around a little bit. Which I think that, I, I, I think that it certainly it takes precedent about uh, the the team that wears red and black from the state, my home state, unfortunately. Yeah, so as as everyone is aware and everyone is well aware, there's a Georgia Tech right there. There it is. Wait, <laughs> there it came up. Uh, yeah, uh, with it, no surprise to anybody, Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC very soon. Uh, I believe 2025 is the is the year we pretty much expect it. Maybe I will, next year. I will be surprised if it's not. I'll be floored if it's not 2024. Yeah, uh, which begs the question: What is going to happen to the alignment of the SEC? Are they still going to do East and West? Is it going to be four pods? Is it just going to be everyone gunning for the top two spots, get rid of conferences, get rid or get rid of divisions in general? Uh, we don't know, but there have been some conversations of going around about a couple of uh, games that might get kicked to the curb when it comes to annual rivalries. One of those being the Deep South oldest rivalry, which I got to be honest, it, it, it'd be a bummer. To, to get rid of this rivalry, I, I didn't, I, not get rid of it, but to make it biannually. Is that the correct yeah. enunciation of that? Semi, uh, semi-annually. Yeah. It'd be a bummer. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Uh, whenever we look at the pod system here, uh, fellas, we've, we've talked about, hey, we're going to put Auburn and Alabama, and then and, and I've seen Vanderbilt. Uh, I've seen Missouri. I've seen a lot of different kind of like combinations. I've, I've even seen Tennessee thrown in that pot as well, which is yeah. wild. Um, it, it's weird to me that, that you're willing to kick these rivalries to the curb and say, hey, these what are protected rivals, whether that be in, in, within your division or not as it stands right now. I mean, even, I guess you're not protected, but longstanding rivalries that A, sell tickets, and B, sell really good ad space for, for te- television rights. That's where I'm the most floored, that you're willing the, – the, the, from a league perspective, they're willing to move away from – Teams like Auburn and, and, and Georgia playing routinely. Teams like Florida and Georgia playing routinely. Florida, uh, Georgia, and Tennessee playing routinely. I, I mean, we've seen situations where Alabama and LSU aren't protected. I don't 
I don't get this. I, I really don't. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me because, A, like I said, it's if we're all driving – if we're, we're talking about a dollar, then you're just losing money. And, and B, is that not kind of part of the brag about the SEC and the boast that, hey, nobody hates each other more than we do until you pick on one of us and then we're all on the same side for a little second <laughs> Which is kind of the beauty of conferences in college football, right? It, divisions mean nothing at any other level of, of the game. They mean nothing. And when you're in high school, you have your regional rival, whatever. Uh, no one cares about that region. I don't want to uh, – we're from region A. I don't care that this team wins. That's not how that works. In professional football, the NFC South certainly does not care or, uh, about who wins that if, – if your team doesn't win that division, that fan base does not want you to do well. In college athletics – a lot of times you'll see people root for the conference. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that all of us are those people, but there are a lot of people that will at least say, you know, I'm kind of sick of people saying that we're an overrated con- – insert this conference is overrated, a.k.a. the Big Ten, Pac-12, anyone not named the SEC, overrated. Um, and, and people like to come at the SEC for things like that. And if you're going to boast, hey, we are the greatest conference, I think you have to continue to protect the greatest rivalries. When you think of I- iconic football games, guys – all these these rivalries have names. These get, regular season games have names. The Deep South's oldest rivalry, the biggest cocktail party in, 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 in the South. I mean, it, you can't throw that kind of stuff away, can you? No, you cannot. <laughs> Not at all. Daniel? So, first of all, my, my thing with the names is like, and this is going to be a very specific case, but the third Saturday in October – is hardly ever even actually on the third Saturday in October. And that just grinds my gears. But that's not really part of my argument. My argument comes from one of the smartest people to ever live within our time. And this is something that this person wrote that I have decoded directly relates to this conversation. Here I go. Because there we are again on that little town street. You almost ran the red because you were looking over at me. Wind in my hair. I was there. I remember it all too well. So see... What I've decoded this to mean is that Auburn has not been competitive in the Deep South's oldest rivalry since 2017, okay? Six years. And in my opinion, I don't know what these looks are for. In my You're opinion, Taylor Swift on, on, the, on our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And I that's, that's what they're for. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, it's got to go. It's, huh? it's got to go. It's Rams course. It's over. No, it is not run its course. They've won deep, the series. Deep South's oldest rivalry yeah, has not run its course. It's over. They, the won. special it's thing not. about Auburn is the fact they play Bama, LSU, and Georgia annually. You don't back but down. That's so hard. And? Get better. Auburn has a, built a brand on the underdog, and nothing, college football is at its peak whenever Auburn finds a way to beat all three of those teams or at least two out of the three in the same year. Because those have been the most special years as an Auburn fan watching that, and Georgia has produced some of the greatest moments. Look in Auburn history. There's, there's also. I mean, I, I understand your argument that Auburn's not beat Georgia since 2017. Trust me, I lived through all of my undergraduate years as, as an avid, not liker of the University of Georgia. <laughs> Flip that hat back around. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and 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 that all that to be said, there is something tangible in the air when you go to a rivalry game it is tangible it's different than than when when auburn plays any other insert any other sec school i know people have beef with certain fan bases for different reasons and that makes the game more fun love that 
I know Dylan's disdain for Ole Miss. Uh, it, it's it's a strong one. The fans, and, yeah, the fans. whatever, whatever that I may love be. Ole Miss fans. What'd you say? I love Ole Miss fans. Any 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 whom? That's neither here nor there. I, I Dylan's disdain for Ole Miss is comical to me, but those games are fun. Like college football is fun. We agree. There's a tangible feeling in the air. These fan bases legitimately hate each other. There is no love lost here. Football, we call it a grown man's game. We we talk all the time about how this is a, it's you know it's the most physical sport in the world. I mean, there's rugby. That's an argument. There's an argument. But we talk about how mixed physical, arts? huh? Mixed martial arts. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would I would I would assume combat sports would probably take the cake there. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, but bear with me for this example. We talk about you know how it's, it's a grown man's game, and and there's no real love loss on the field. We have generations and generations of fans that are that are grown up, and this is just going to sound like a complete fan take and whatever, that have grown up hating one another because they wore a T-shirt that supports the other school. We have we have we have in, in, in the state of Alabama. I was I didn't have the privilege of, of growing up in the state of Alabama, but one of my favorite stories I've heard <laughs> from so many people who have relocated from Alabama or lived in Alabama their whole life is one of the first things you were asked when you were in kindergarten. Is are you an Alabama fan or are you an Auburn fan? Yep. Growing up in in, in Georgia, it was a little less prominent, but it, there was certainly that that divide between Georgia and Georgia Tech. In-state rivalries are awesome. Protected rivalries, though. If you mention if you're from Alabama and you say you're an Alabama, you're not, neither an Alabama nor an, uh, an Auburn fan, and you say you're a Georgia fan, now there's a collaborative group of people that also hate you. Now you've <laughs> found a way to unite two arch rivals because they also hate you. Oh, God forbid you're a Florida fan. It gets worse. You can't take these away, man. I mean, can you imagine just not having that that level? We we cannot remove that depth of 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 passion from college football, especially if we're going to continue to argue that it's better than the NFL. I'll stand by that and I'll die on that hill. Because it's all about fan engagement, man. And it's all about the the, the actual passion and true disdain for one another. You can't throw something away that's been a running rivalry like that over a game for so many years. I have a question for you, Daniel. So the big, the big 10 is realigning with USC and UCLA with that realignment coming along. Should USC drop their rivalry game and get with Notre Dame? Yeah. That's, that's correct. That hasn't been special in a very, very long time. I would like to commend you though, Daniel, for sticking to your guns. I I will commend, I will, I will commend you for sticking to your guns there. I appreciate it. And like a lot of my, the people in my family have, have gone to Notre Dame. Um, I wasn't that smart. So I, I was on that. I'm, I'm not a part of that list, but I'm here with you guys. So it, it all is a fun way of working out. But um, not, not saying you guys aren't smart. Um, almost not my mic over. Um, anyways, back to my point. It just hasn't really been special. And if you ask a lot of Notre Dame fans who they think the biggest rival is, Almost all of them these days say Michigan. Don't ask me why. I'm not going to defend that take. I don't know why that is. If you're curious, I'll put you in contact. Um, but yeah, I just don't really see that as a big rivalry anymore. I just I think that you you have to protect these things. I mean, there is so much tradition in, in college football, and 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 people are going to come at me sideways for this because they'll find a way to come at me sideways for anything. But I'm not making the, like this isn't comparable to. A political argument here. There, there's a lot of people saying, "Well, you can't say one thing and then, and then endorse another on, on a political agenda that would run adjacent to this." And that's as deep as I'm going to go here. But tradition is important in college football. 
on a level that I can't begin to express. I mean, you, you can't take away some elements of this that have been so deeply rooted in terms of making the game more fun. I, I think that you just have to protect and, and find a way to continue to protect those rivalries. Personally, I don't think that the SEC is stupid enough to get those viewership ratings away or take those viewership ratings away, especially with an ESPN contract. I, I just don't I don't think that that's, that's going to happen. Florida and Georgia are, for all intents and purposes, we can take this away from, from the Auburn-Georgia argument for, uh, for a minute. Florida and Georgia is really not a competitive series nowadays. It's, it's not. I mean, it's, it's one-sided as hell. Probably more one-sided than, than Auburn, Georgia, in my in my humble opinion. I, I don't think it's that different. That game draws huge crowds. It's always been the CBS games in the past, uh, and it's drawn huge viewerships. Alabama and Tennessee until this year. Who the hell cared? I mean, Alabama beat the hell out of out of Tennessee every single year. Morgan Wallen wrote a song about it, and, <laughs> and to, to to the point where where that that game was such a beatdown. And Tennessee fans knew before they went in the stadium that it didn't matter. And then suddenly, the unthinkable happens. And then and, and we get this beautiful pageantry outlook and, and display of what college football is all about. And and, and it's, it's the David Goliath thing, man, right? And, and even when rivalries are quote-unquote dead and, oh, we, we whoop your ass every year, whatever, sometimes you don't. And sometimes... Sometimes David wins, and that that is the beauty in college football. I, and I also have to mention, Auburn is far from just a little brother to Georgia. Looking at the all-time record, Georgia only leads by uh, – it's 63 to 56. Like, that's not a large enough margin to where I would say Auburn is like a – the, the, the little brother to Georgia. That's far – it's just because Georgia's on a streak. Rivalries are streaky. Auburn had six wins against Alabama in the early 2000s. Uh, Auburn has had a six-game win streak against Georgia. Uh, Georgia has had a – in 1923, 1931, had a nine-game win streak. They're on a six-game win streak. And you take away that six-game win streak, I mean, it, it's still pretty close. And Auburn all I have to do is just catch up to what Georgia is right now. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a small order. Yeah, <laughs> and if, even that's the case. We've seen lesser Auburn teams beat these big dogs. I mean – Georgia won the national championship in 2017, but Auburn took one out of the two games against them. And I got to be honest, I'm going to get on my high horse for a little bit. Auburn was a little injured in the SC championship game. When I mean a little injured, I mean your best player was down for the count and cost you basically the SC championship game. Thank you, Gus Malzahn, for not taking him out of the game in the third quarter when the game was already had. Well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's that's past. That's in the past. Uh, we're not going to. <laughs> gripe on that but this is a rivalry that has remained close for a long time it's not this no one's like run away in the in, in the wins losses it, it's been pretty close and uh, if my math precedes me that is only seven games in between that's not a lot and i mean it, it, it goes that that's just my point is auburn could easily just come back and tie up the series if they just you know Easily a bit of an overstatement, but she's got to go on a seven seven year uh, win streak against Kirby Smart. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's an easy order. Only, only. Daniel, actually, I do see your side of the argument. There are instances in which there are some rivalries that feel like we're kind of beating a dead horse and trying to make something that's not a rivalry into a rivalry. For instance, I know personally know some LSU fans and some LSU alum that have a disdain for Texas A and M, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's not a real rivalry. It's not. Uh, but at the same time, 
if it's a budding rivalry, which it, it, from the outside looking at, I mean, I don't think LSU fans and AM fans, I think there's no love lost there for sure. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Granted, that is those two fan bases against the rest of the SEC, uh, respectively, are pretty much no love lost there, too. <laughs> but, but you, 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 don't have, have, you don't have to pay them a lot of money to hate them. What's up? Sorry, I interrupted you. I was like, you don't have to pay, you don't have to pay fans to hate other teams, especially yeah, rivalry yeah. week. It, it gets inflated. But, if we if we if if that's one of those games that we protect, I understand that if you protect one, you got to protect them all. I get that too. I understand that counter argument, and, and Daniel, that ties into you. I, I completely get that. Not a single soul actually gets excited about Missouri Arkansas. No one. I'll say it. Nobody gets excited about Missouri Arkansas. Yeah, Dylan, congratulations. The I, battle line rivalry has been one of the most fun games to watch the past two years. Yeah, right. they've been awesome. They've been awesome games. No, yeah, never in my mind have I been like, oh my god, these, these well, fan bases hate each other. But that like. One. Like Vanderbilt will miss. Great. But if if there's actual disdain between those two fan bases, that's enough, in my opinion. I, I think the, the, the I, sure, I get that. The counter argument to that, though, is, is just that it's not just, oh, this is the way we've always done it. There are tangible results, especially financial results, that benefit the conference and benefit the game and benefit the NIL collective in turn and recruiting. And, there, and there's just so many layers that go into that how many how many recruits looked at what tennessee did over alabama in one of the best games i've ever watched this past year and said man they're doing something special at tennessee i mean we saw that the, the results are there and 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 i think that it's just there's too many layers for you to want to move away from that i think that's kind of where we can put a nice bow on it because this, this conversation went way longer than i thought it was going to <laughs> and to point out for a little bit uh the battle line rivalry was also a big 12 rivalry you gotta remember that as let's well. also just point out that I don't care. Sorry, I'm an avid enjoyer of the college football sport. <laughs> so I watch them all. I watch Maction. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit it. I'm a Hawaii Challenge guy. Oh, dude, I love the Hawaii Challenge. Continue. Let's talk about our list. <laughs> yeah. So we have, if, if you remember, if you've been an avid follower of the college loop, you know that early in, I think early in January, we did a little list doing our top five most impactful transfers. And I think we can agree that some of the guys that were on that list are still there. There's one guy in particular who I'm just going to name drop real quick, who is definitely not on any of our lists anymore. Uh, Demario Tolan, who was, I believe, unanimously number one on both me and Tar's previous list. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. Uh, and I think I'm going to be a little, I'm going to have a little hot take about this list because I, I brought up that early on and that that, that pretty much happened. Uh, so we're just going to each go five and whatnot. Just everyone goes five, five, five. Let's go, let's go three here uh, just because we're, we're running, we're running long right now. Um, yeah. and, and, and we can, we can publish a, a full five on socials. Go and plug that, make it a social exclusive. Yeah. Uh, just, just let's, let's just, let's go top three. So cut, cut your bottom two on this, in the, in this example. All right. Um, who wants to lead? Dylan, your list. List man, Dylan. Oh, Daniel wants to go first. He volunteered. Go ahead, Daniel. So am I doing all three, or are we just going to go like three, three? Uh, three, three, three. Three, three, three. three. Uh, at number three, I have the man himself, Peyton Thorne. That's a good, good take, Daniel, because so do I. Uh, I'm going to say I have Rivaldo Fairweather here. Uh, the tight end. Uh, Auburn finally has a great pass-catching tight end of the likes that we haven't had since, I want to say, CJ Uzama, really. Uh, and even go further than that, Phil Bucks and Kirkin. Uh, Auburn truly has a threat and has the coaching staff and to to boot with that as well. I, I think that my argument for Thorne is that uh, I actually happen to know for a fact where he's going to wind up on your list, so I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil here um, that 
he plays the most important position on the field. And the fact that he's the presumptive starter, we're talking most impactful, that's pretty damn impactful. Uh, and I, I wanted to put him higher than that, but I, 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 I've talked myself down to three. So that's kind of my logic behind that, Dylan. Let's, uh, let's hear your number two, Daniel. I've got Avery Jones. Um, rebuilding the offensive line has been a huge focus um, for Hugh Freeze. This guy's going to help get it done. And I definitely did not write down Avery Johnson, the former um, head men's basketball coach at the University of Alabama. <laughs> I, I, I like your take, and there's going to be a lot of offensive line conversation in this, I know for a fact. But I'm actually, man, I'm really, really inclined to go Austin Keys. Um, I, I, I just, I think that it's important to add, add pieces, right, to that, to that linebacker room. And at this point, you just kind of need bodies. And I think that he's probably no disrespect or no slight to Elijah McAllister. I still have him as a high impact guy. He would have probably made my honorable mention, mention long list. But I, I think that you, you bring in a guy with SEC experience and you put him into a defensive scheme that actually concentrates on playing defense. And and he's, he can actually benefit the guys around him a lot. And between him and Elijah McAllister, I think you can impact a lot of those younger guys that we're a lot of Auburn fans are hoping can be development developed into good talents. Your Demario Tolans, uh, guys, guys of that nature, Keldrick Fox, um, and let, like that, um, that can come off the edge. And and I think that Austin Keys can be an immediate impact. Uh, my number two is going to go on the same side as Daniel here. Avery Jones is mine. Uh, he is the highest ranked transfer Auburn picked up by 24-7 for a reason. Uh, I think all, I, I like to do a little throwback to all my player comparisons. I think Auburn got their best center since Reese Dismukes. And if you watch Auburn football long enough, you know Reese Dismukes was him. True. I'm going to so – before Daniel goes, I'm going to count us down from three. And let's see – there's one guy, one name that I think we're all about to say <laughs> for, for our number one most impactful. Let's try this. Ready? Everyone say it uh, on, on, on the count of three. One, two, three. Name Gunner Britton. John Britton. Yep, thank you. I lagged in real life, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get your guy uh, at right tackle. He's assumed left tackle, but he is playing right tackle to Dylan Wade's left tackle. Uh, six foot six, 305 pounds, Western Kentucky. Dude is a absolute menace. I'm going to let Daniel talk about Nick Martin in a little bit because that's what he just said. I don't know if that was a joke or not. <laughs> but, yeah, Gunnar Britton is a monster of a human being who is going to be the anchor of this Auburn offensive line. And as I say every time I talk about Gunnar Britton, he is going to be your best, be the best tackle Auburn has had since Greg Robinson, who went number two overall in the NFL draft. I agree with you 100%. I'm going to go and retweet what you said so we don't run too too long on this segment here. But I'm interested to get Daniel's take on Nick Martiner. I he would have also been on my honorable mention shortlist. Uh, Nick Martiner's him. Um, a lot of doubt coming in. I took him number three when we did this for the first time. Continued to impress me, so he climbed up. I, I get that. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on his role in this offense just yet, just because I don't necessarily 100% know that that's kind of sign sealed delivered. Does that make some sense? Especially uh, with with late additions coming com, coming elsewhere, uh, namely Shane Hooks uh, from JSU, just because of frame right six five. Um, it, it makes. It, I mean, there's there's a comparison, right? Um, and 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 other 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 locations, of of course, but. Martiner fitting into this offense, I think, could be impactful. We'll just have to see how that kind of shakes out. Um, I'll be interested. Another name that I think we would all kind of universally agree, just kind of throwing out there, I think Brian Matee is probably on that list. Uh, he's on um, my short list. Yep, he, he'd be on my short list. Uh, and, and, and I mean, the, the transfer kind of like, you can kind of go down the list here because a lot of these guys are going to be immediate. I, mean, I basically have five honorable mentions. I basically made a top ten list. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I that sounds like you. Um, 
you know, yeah. I will it, say, can I argue your Peyton Thorn point for a second? I, I'm, just, I'm pulling out. No, some you receipts. can't because I'm right, but you can try. I'm, I'm going to pull out some receipts. Uh, there was a couple of episodes where Harrison Tarr has said for Auburn to have a successful year, Peyton Thorn just has to be average. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of negates the whole. No, I think that both, I, I counterpoint. I think that bolsters my claim. I don't know. I asked. I said that Peyton Thorn needs to be average, which would include consistency, consistently average. Robbie Ashford up and down. Don't know what the future looks like for Holden Garner. I don't think it's in the orange and blue. It's not, unless um, the orange and blue is in Florida or <laughs> <laughs> right or elsewhere. Boise State. Boise. Oh my God, PTSD. Anyways, we are, no more Boise State on this. Yeah, <laughs> I have a blacklist. But I, I know. I still argue that actually helps my claim uh, that Auburn needs consistency, even if it's just average at the quarterback position, because it's the most position, important position on the field. And, and you can't argue otherwise. I mean, you need to have a great offensive line in front of you. Absolutely, 100% agree. You need skill position players that are great. Ultimately, you need an, a quarterback that can show you something that Auburn's not seen since Bo Nix and in and, and really his first two years at, at Auburn, Bo Nix. And that's consistency, a guy that you know what you're getting. You didn't know what you were getting on a routine basis from Robbie Ashford. Do I still think that Robbie Ashford could could be a fantastic athlete in some capacity? And is he going to benefit this team? Absolutely. But he's not consistent. And and that all kind of – there's so many tangibles and the intangibles, like right? being a leader, being uh, present, and, and, and not wearing your emotions as much on your sleeve as, as Robbie Ashford does. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of points there that you need to see more consistency. So I, I think that actually helps my. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. I know that Dan- uh, Daniel stepped away to grab his laptop charger real quick, but that's a beautiful time for us to bring on... Mr. Bagman himself, and it's time for everyone's favorite segment, my favorite segment, your favorite segment. Dylan, it's time for In His Bag. In His Bag. In His Bag with Byersdorf. Colin Byersdorf, join us on the show. Why don't you, my friend? Here he is. How's it going, guys? How's it going, buddy? I know this has been running We're a little good. Nice episode. Very nice episode. For sure. To, I need you to tell us. It's a beautiful segue into our men's basketball conversation. I, I, yeah. I, I got the sneak peek. We got the sneak peek of who's in their bag before today. I, I, oh, yeah. We get, we get the exclusive access to Bagman. You got a little, little peek inside? Yeah, I got, I got to take a, take a peek inside the bag. Who's in their bag? Yeah, so in the bag, I think it's that, that Auburn front court. We had, you know, three players in the past five days say that they're coming back to the Tigers. Um, it's just bolstering up this roster. It's finally looking like we have kind of a clear vision of what's going to happen and in this 2023-2024 season with uh, Jay Will, Janai Broom, and Dylan Cardwell all, all saying they come back to the Plains. I had no clue Dylan Cardwell was ever going to leave, but he's back, and we're ready for it. Yeah. No, I, I, that's a great take, and that really segues nicely into what we're about to talk about. So 
big thank you to Mr. Bagman. It's always good to see your beautiful face on the screen. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on there anytime. I, I know you will. I know you will. And we, and we, we will take full advantage of that. But let's talk. Let's talk men's hoops, fellas. And we'll, we'll kick Colin back to the curb. We'll, we'll send the bag man back into his bag. All right. I'll see you boys. Let him get into his production bag. And, uh, and, and we'll talk Auburn men's basketball. Okay. A couple of housekeeping things before we can get into the conversation of returners. Julian Phillips has decided he's going to stay in the NBA draft. Julian Phillips with the Plains thing apparently was just never going to happen. And this is. That could also become like verbal meme, Jalen Green 2.0. <laughs> that, well, apparently, he had a really good combine. I, I don't really watch the NBA combine like I did the NFL combine, but Julian Phillips popped off, and maybe it's just Rick Barnes didn't use him right. Rick Barnes misusing a player? Color me surprised. Anyways, well, there, there, there's your first little little tidbit of, of housekeeping. Second off, Tyron Lawrence is returning to the transfer portal, and it sounds like Vanderbilt could retain him, which is not what I saw happening even a little bit, but here we are. And I mean, you know, at some point at the college game, as long as you, if you're a Hooper, you're a Hooper in the, in the NBA, we'll find you. So that, that, that'll work out fine for him. I don't necessarily know that that really kills Auburn's chances. I think that Auburn has a clear vision as Bagman himself a second ago mentioned fellas. I guess before we can do that, Dylan put in a graphic for me. So I, I'll make sure that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't overlook this. Daniel, this graphic is comical. Oh, I can't wait. I've seen it. It's, it's, great. So, it's so funny. <laughs> Alan has returned. And if you guys are watching the YouTube version of the podcast, it, I, it's unbelievable. This is made on like Microsoft Paint by like an eight-year-old. But Alan Flanagan is headed to the SIP and going to play under his uh, his his father now in the uh, Old Miss administration. Uh, and he'll, he'll be on that uh, as a part of that rebuild after firing Carmen Davis. This is completely expected. Which which is fine. I'm I'm really not hating on anything I'll, other I'll than the graphic. I'm I'm happy for the Flanagans. I think I think that most people wish them all the best. But I also wish that they would have found someone that can actually do some graphic design. Dylan, you could have done a way better jersey swap than this. Yeah. So I've I've said it before. This might go down as one of probably the second worst graphic I've ever witnessed uh, in person. Because uh, looking at it, I can't tell where the jersey ends and the pants begin. There's just uh, a lot of bad. There's you know, not going nothing. Going on. I can see it's Auburn jersey behind the blue sleeve on his right arm, and I think the only graphic that I have ranking worse than this is, of course, the Penn State Super Bowl graphic. And that's out of just memory. Yeah, that that's just because that was just hilarious, and I, I will try to replicate that as much as possible, it's no so matter funny. what. It's but so yeah, funny. this graphic. One more time, if you're watching, uh, if you're listening. Just know, just go to Alan Flanagan's Instagram. It is still up somehow. I don't know how he's not. And people are clowning him in the comments for it. Exactly. <laughs> it is just, it is bad. It's it's pretty bad. But Alan Flanagan headed to Ole Miss as we expected. Uh, wishing both of the Flanagans the best of luck, except for twice a year. So <laughs> that all, all that to be said. Now we're into the actual conversation. Dylan Carwell's pulled his name out of the draft pool, which we which we miss, uh, which we mentioned just a minute ago. And Dylan has in the SpongeBob font. We are so shocked. Jalen Williams also returning. Most importantly, Jani Broom, back in this picture now. We, we've talked about this already, but your th- tall three <laughs> are, are, are now returning. Your, 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 your trees are now returning back to, <laughs> to, to the roster officially. Guys, how big is this? Auburn's like kind of a complete roster now. <laughs> Yeah, I put up a little graphic earlier uh, yesterday as this is coming out, talking about 
Auburn will win blank amount of games in 2023. And my starting lineup is just Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, Jay Will. I put Chad Baker-Mazar in there because I think his shooting definitely uh, promotes him to a starting role. And Janai Broom. And the comments I've been getting are a lot. Y'all blew this up. Thank y'all so much. Yeah, I was a little about to say, this one kind of (laughs) snapped. 203 likes as I'm looking at it right now. Hopefully get to 1,000. Let's go. We're almost there. Uh, a lot of 30s, uh, 20, 27s, 20, 30s, 28s are the wins. People are saying someone said 40 and 0. Uh, love that. That person's or, correct. Uh, 32, 26. Uh, someone said seven. That someone said all them. <laughs> Verbal meme, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, just well, a lot of people are agreeing. Is between 23 and 27. And actually, yeah. I, think, I think that's the sweet spot. Exactly. And there's, there's still some guys that we're hearing about. Uh, I, Bay fall, Bay fall. I, I, I'm a B period fall, who is a Arkansas commit from class 2023. He signed in November of 2022, but there's been some smoke on Twitter. I don't know if it has any backbone to it, any any real like intentions of him coming to Auburn. But there's been a lot of people talking about it. And at 6'10", 205, I mean, you probably have your I don't either your starting power forward. You're starting center for Jani Broom to go to his four spot. Four. What a tall yeah. lineup this is going to be. <laughs> Something Auburn has not really seen in a hot minute. And by you hot know, minute, Auburn, I mean when was the last time Auburn had a lineup that didn't have at least one player's height start with a five. Oh boy. Uh <laughs> I'm trying to think. Sharif Cooper was six foot two with his with his hair. Sharif Cooper was <laughs> if Sharif Cooper's six two, I'm six foot. Uh but I it goes before Jared Harper, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's been uh, forever. This is going to be the tallest Auburn lineup and the oldest Auburn lineup that we have seen. And Pablo Escobar, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that with that gentleman. Uh, fantastic Auburn Twitter personality, beloved by the Auburn Twitter community. Made a pretty good point. He was going through and listing out, you know, senior, senior, COVID eligibility for Jalen Williams, senior, senior, senior. And he's like, this is the oldest lineup that I may have ever seen at Auburn. And, and a lot of people are really excited about that. All these guys bring a lot of college basketball experience. A lot of them bring NCAA tournament experience. And what has been the common theme the past couple of years? When you get to March, forgetting how to play. Yeah. And 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 that's kind of why not test and see if if that experience can help you out. I think Auburn's assembled what it can be an SEC contending team. Daniel, am I overreacting? Uh, slightly. No, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, it's good to be tall. Um, I've said it time and time again on this show. I'm sick of these 5'10, 5'11 um basketball players. Okay, good answer. Wait, wait, wait to clarify that. Well, I mean, I'm 5'11, so I'd be hating on myself. I'm still gonna say whoa, because Jared Harper, Shreve Cooper, and Wendell Green hold a very special place in my heart. That's wonderful. That that's wonderful. It's a new day. (laughs) I don't care. Daniel said, I really don't care. Uh, you gotta be tall, you can't be short anymore. Well, Jared Harper would like to disagree. I've, I've made I've made a living doing it for 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> Self-inflicted short joke. Short kings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, just because some of us on this in this Zoom or not Zoom call, this Streamyard call right now, don't have heights that are five and then double digits, doesn't mean that we're not kings. We do what we can. No, I'm with you, Daniel. You got to be tall now. I mean, look look at what Arkansas did last year. When they were healthy, Arkansas was pretty damn good, and they were tall. They were really tall. Alabama, really tall. Tennessee, ridiculously tall. 
those are your contenders. Hello, welcome to the SEC. Yeah, Missouri was fun last year. Who cares? And it was fun last year. Who cares? Great. Not sustainable. Doesn't matter. In terms of playing at the level of those big cats and actually being in a serious hunt. I think that BP and company have kind of refocused their, I guess, attention on the recruiting trail and, and kind of changed with the times. And that's good. That's really good. I am very, very excited to Sunshine pump the shit out of this team this year because I think that this might be the most complete roster we've seen in, in some time in terms of just top to bottom. I'm, tr- trust me, I'm not forgetting about that 21 to 22 team. I have the roster. Yeah. Would you like to to share that with the crap? Yes. I have, I've updated it. Uh, I, I, I getting rid of Julian Phillips, Tyron Lawrence from, from the roster, but yeah, you're starting five, Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, Jay will Chad Baker, Mazzara, and Jani broom. We've already said that six man right off the bench. Trey Donaldson. Yep. Katie Johnson. Yep. Cheney Johnson, the Huntington, uh, pickup Huntington. Yes. Huntsville. Thank you. Good call. I knew it was an H college in Alabama. Leor Berminator, Dylan Cardwell, and, of course, Simo, and a couple of other guys that are probably sprinkled around there. I think Auburn has, I believe, two more scholarship spots open. Uh, yeah. Me and Colin talked about this earlier. It was either two or three. We'll, we'll see about how that's divvied up because I think Auburn still has to give up one scholarship spot. This year. Oh, that's right. I forgot about those things that happened. Uh, but <laughs> It's in the past. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Just forget about it. <laughs> I, I, I've never wanted to use an F word on the show before, but F you, Chuck Persons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. That, that's that's, that's kind of how I feel about that. We but, have mentioned Chuck Person. Uh, uh, Sonny, the baseball coach, can't remember his last name. I, I blank out all the bad coaches. We've mentioned Gene Chizik, Brian Harson. So many of these bad coaches have been named. Gene and Chizik I'm not even bad. Huh? Gene Chizik won coach of the year in 2010. We, he was not the reason Auburn won that. He was a product <laughs> of Cam Newton and Gus Malzahn. You're right. We really did Move talk on. about Sonny Galloway on the past couple shows. We did. <laughs> not to mention, we bring up he who must not be named. That's Voldemort. No, Auburn, Auburn, the actual Voldemort. Who? Uh, not important. <laughs> think, think softball. He he's a, he's a picture of a he's on the on a picture of a schedule in uh, Mama Goldberg's. Yeah, you'll see him there. <laughs> and think about yeah. basketball too. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's, uh, baseball, baseball. Anyways, yeah. And before we start talking about Tony Barbie, let's go over to uh, <laughs> let's let's talk Auburn baseball, and we'll 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 talk about first off. If you're going to be in oh. Auburn, Alabama this weekend, you're not going to the regional. What the hell are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Ballpark is going to be rocking. I've heard rumors that there's going to be a swimming pool in right field. So that's cool. Um, I guess, you know, cool off. You know, I'm sure there will be some adult beverage refreshments available. (laughs) Uh, I have seen with my own hands how, how rowdy that crowd gets in right center field. Guys, Auburn has the most interesting and and, and, and exciting, in my opinion, if you're an Auburn fan, group of 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 a grouping and pairing for for the 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 NCAA tournament. Sorry, I tried to get my uh, my verbiage together there for a second, and I'm getting distracted because I'm reading messages that are coming through on the TCL hotline. 
if Auburn can get out of this weekend against Samford, Southern Miss, and uh, you start, you pin, so miss, you pin, and you pin Southern Miss and Samford. There is a non-zero chance that there will be a super regional in Auburn, Alabama. Clemson's got to play Tennessee. Tennessee, next to Auburn, probably the hottest baseball team in the country right now. Auburn fans, this is going to pain you because just about nobody likes Tennessee baseball. You should root for them like hell this weekend. Because if Auburn, Alabama hosts a super regional, they're going to lose their mind. First thing Auburn's got to do before we can get there, though, guys, sell your soul for a Friday night win. Thank you. And <laughs> they've got to have the, the the pitching rotation that we've seen. And by the way, Carson Swilling in the into the portal to South Alabama. Just side note. Yeah, that's that just happened. That just was like, hello, that happened. Okay, <laughs> great. Your team's still playing. But anyways, uh, that, that was bizarre to me. You've got to make sure that you beat up on these teams that you're capable of beating up on. Southern Mississippi is a fantastic baseball program. I mean, I don't want anybody to – they hosted a damn regional last year. And, and not to mention, they've upset LSU when LSU's hosted a regional. I think they've done it twice. Maybe not over LSU, but over, over another notable program. This is a team that you cannot sleep on, and I'm not saying you can sleep on Sanford. I'm not saying you can sleep on UPenn. All three of these opponents are solid, qualifying opponents. You have got to make sure you're playing smart baseball this weekend. This is not the weekend to get cute. This is not the weekend to see how long you can let guys go like a Chase also if he's getting knocked around. This is not the weekend to figure that out. You should have already figured that out. This is your weekend to try to save Tommy Vale for Saturday. If you can afford it, your pairing should be favorable where you can throw an also on Saturday. You've got to try to save, excuse me, if I said Saturday for Vale, I meant Sunday. Um, you've got to try to save Tommy Vale for Sunday. He has been your guy this year. He is the guy from a pitching perspective. And you need to not let opponents get you into your bullpen. Do not do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not saying that the Auburn bullpen's not been better as of late. They have been. But you've got to have fresh arms going into Sunday. Because when you're inevitably playing, and I'll go ahead and predict right now, because I'm not going to be on the Sunday show, my prediction is going to wind, is, is going to be it's going to wind up Auburn and Southern Miss. I, I, I would assume both in, the, in that winner's bracket, loser's going to play the winner in the loser's bracket, obviously. I'd like to think that Auburn can be set up nicely to where they can play need to lose two over Southern, Southern Miss. But you want to play your bare minimum in, 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 in this weekend. You, you just you have to. And, and it would bare minimum is what three games in the regional, right? Yes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've got to make sure that you put yourself in a position that you don't have to win twice. That is going to kill you. And especially in a doubleheader context, Auburn's just not been good in doubleheaders. They, they've just not. We've seen them get blasted by South Carolina and then wind up turning around and winning the next one and or vice versa on a couple of other situations. But you don't want to get your back into, into a corner. And then you can start, once you've taken care of that and put yourself in position to have to be beat twice on Sunday, then you can start scoreboard watching in, ten, in, in Clemson, South Carolina. Just my thoughts. Interested to get y'all's. Yeah, and oh, Daniel, go, go ahead. Sure. Um, so the biggest takeaway I have just from looking at this is, man, this just feels like a trap. Um, yep. <laughs> this just feels like something that, shouldn't go wrong that very well could go wrong 100 um you know southern miss like our 
Our good friend Colin Byersdorf said before we got started here tonight, they're a they're a power five team killer in baseball. Um, the then, you the know, app Tampa, date for college baseball for those of you who don't watch college baseball but do watch college football. Sure, um, that's a brilliant comparison, Harrison. For real, thank you. Um, I really like that. Um, Sanford, you know, a team that's given Auburn some trouble in the past. Um, I don't know anything about UPenn baseball. I'm not going to pretend to, but there's just something I know about Northeastern baseball players, and they don't quit. Well, uh, to build on your Sanford comment about about them being a solid program, let's not forget their conference champions of the SoCon and sure. and of the non-Power 5 conferences. Actually, SoCon baseball is pretty damn competitive. Am I a little biased? Yes. Do I call SoCon baseball on ESPN Plus? Sure. But I've got to watch a lot of Sanford games this year, and they've got some guys on the bump that can give you fits. They have a lefty that's 6'7". Throws 103 when, when, he, when he really gets up on his high horse, and, and, and he'll float around 99. It's not like this is going to be a cakewalk, and you know you're going to get the best arms. You're going to get every opponent's best arm that they can throw you at that given time. It does feel like a trap, Daniel. Your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, I'm actually just looking up and saying, has Auburn, Auburn played Sanford this year, correct? Twice. Yes. Twice. Uh, yeah, April 18th, beat them 13-3. to and the second game got canceled in Hoover. So that's a good thing. The game got canceled in Hoover for all intents and purposes. <laughs> but yeah, it basically just looking at it from an analytical standpoint, you you know, trust the runs are always there. Uh, Auburn has been one of the hottest teams at the plate. Hottest teams in general, but one of the hottest teams at the plate uh, in the country. And of course, you know, you have Cooper McMurray, Ike Irish, Bryson Ware, Cole Foster. Uh, we've talked about hates trees, and there's a lot of trees in Auburn, Alabama especially past that right right field uh, gate. <laughs> so tree tree hater Cole Foster is going to be in full swing <laughs> on Friday. Through you really worked as many puns to that as you could, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I, I, I had this planned. <laughs> no, I didn't, but I did. But, yeah, you, you're just trusting that you can keep Tommy Vale far away from the Friday and Saturday games because if everything goes to how you think it should go, Auburn should get out of the Sunscaped. But again, we talk about so miss is just so good when it comes to <laughs> taking down those giants of college college sports in general. Uh, and I mean, it goes back. Auburn has had had struggled with Jackson State, Jacksonville State, uh, and I think they lost to Troy. That was like their last loss going into the SC yep. tournament. Yep, Troy. I mean, Troy and Auburn is always an interesting series every year. Yeah, luckily Troy got moved to Tuscaloosa. Uh, <clears throat> go Trojans! Uh, by the way, that hurts to say. As a as 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 someone who has ties to UAB and and South Alabama, that hurts to say a little bit. But yeah, uh, you're just hoping that the bats stay hot and Tommy Vale's arm does not get tired uh, anytime soon. And again, uh, if you can see, if you're watching and you see my top in my right side over here uh yeah go rocky top by the way i would love to spend my next two weekends in Auburn, alabama so i, I will sing rocky top don't let me do it i will do it Dylan's gonna be in full like pride of the southland band moment here in a second if, if it if it if it manifests auburn hosting a super regional next weekend i will blast rocky top i will post a video on twitter of me singing rocky top if that's what it takes hey, most badass banjo solo i've ever heard anyways i'm gonna pull a Colin buyer store on here for a second right before we get out of here Colin, if you want to jump up in here for just a second, I'm going to ask the entire audience here a question because you, uh, to, to kind of wrap things up, it's going to be very quick. Uh, but Colin, welcome back to the show. Good to see you again, Mr. Pretty Face. 
Auburn baseball will end its season where? And we'll start with Mr. with Mr. Byersdorf and putting him on the spot. Oh, I think I think they end in Omaha. I think you beat Tennessee at an Auburn Super Regional. So you do think that Tennessee is going to beat Clemson? Yeah, I agree. That team's just too hot. Yeah, it's way too hot. Daniel, I Auburn also have ends a little it. bit of SEC bias. But. Yeah, that's okay. Daniel, Auburn ends its season where? Auburn will be second um, diamond sport from the school this year to see their season come to an end in Clemson, South Carolina. Um, Clemson's going to get it done against Tennessee. Auburn's going to get it done in Auburn against someone. Um, and then Auburn's going to have to go there. Auburn's going to make it to the final day. And then the arms are going to fall out. Uh, Dylan, I'll let you wrap this one up, and then I'll throw in a little tidbit that you just messaged me about yeah. the Pentagon. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, you just chose to be a villain this episode, huh? I love it. Was, I was so close to making another uh, Taylor Swift reference, but after the reaction. Yeah, I think Auburn's going to finish off their season in Omaha. Tar, go ahead. You know, this, this is probably going to piss a lot of people off, and that's what I live for. Auburn's going to end its season in Auburn, Alabama, and it won't be this weekend. I, I, I have guys. That Tennessee team's really good. That team's really, really hot. They've got better pitching. They do. It's, it's, it's a matter of fact. It's just, it's just kind of where I stand on things. They're really, really hot. I fear that for Auburn fans, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, little reluctant to say that the showing in, in Hoover. You were hoping to see a little bit more just because, A, you want that curse broken in Hoover. I get it. I understand. But, B, you wanted to see a team that came in so hot look a little better than they did. It kind of just looked like the wheels fell off the bus. And that's the wrong time for that to happen. I'm not saying you have to win the SEC tournament to stay hot. That's not what I'm saying at all. You wanted to win two games. You you, you really did. You wanted to go ahead and try to win. Really, you wanted to win three. So, you go ahead and lock in a super regional bid. Because I think Auburn was on the cusp, and then things would have been drastically different should they have picked up a couple more wins. Shockingly, I don't know if I know coming down the stretch sounds like it shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It does. I think that if Auburn plays host to Tennessee, it goes three games without a doubt. That, that, that in that game, Dylan and I were talking about this the other day. If there's a hypothetical where Auburn gets to host a super regional and Tennessee gets to come come to the plains, that game gets decided probably the bottom of the ninth inning, or not bottom, but in, in the ninth inning. And or actually, yeah, I guess it would be decided in the bottom because Auburn would have to fail to jump ahead and walk off. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know that this team is just cut out for Omaha. I, I'm just not. I'm not a hundred percent on board like I was a couple of weeks ago, just because of a, a little bit of a fizzle effect. And and, and I'm I'm just not sure. Um, that that's kind of where I'm willing to answer right now. Now, if they come out and they just sweep the regional this weekend like they did just a year ago. I could I could be I could change that answer and, and say that they can end their season in Omaha. I think that the road has never been clear, but Daniel is so so right when he said that this feels like a trap because it almost feels like it's too good to be true. And when it feels like it's too good to be true, it usually it never is. It usually is. So, all that to say, Colin, thank you for joining us in this. Just hang out here until we get out of here. I know uh, Dylan wants to talk for just one second about Maddie Pensa and her accolades, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah, it's a little tidbit that came up. Uh, I think as this comes out yesterday, or I, I could be wrong. It, it did not come out on a day that we are recording. Maddie Pinta has gotten her first team NFCA All-American. Uh, and I think she was, I think the other official one, she got second team. This one, she got first team. So we are here to say that we've always said 
that the NFCA releases the best All-American rosters, right? Yep. And we've all, I mean, the college hoops always said that. Yeah. They're they've the always best. they've always been the the All-American uh, pitchers selectors for evaluating. They're they're the best at evaluating Matty Pensa in twenty twenty three. Exactly. Unequivocally. We've always said that. Go back every episode. We bring it up. We say it every episode. Go watch every episode. Like, comment, and subscribe yes. on those episodes. Absolutely. We're going we're going to go ahead and, and I'm just going to get a thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, true or false from everybody. Um, that way people have to go watch the YouTube version. Make sure they like, subscribe, and ring the bell. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always forward thinking. <laughs> thumbs up, true. Thumbs down, false. True or false, Matty Pencil will go down as the Best pitcher in the history of Auburn softball. Lock's the only Lockman's the only one not sold yet. The locksmith is not. The key has not. The locksmith has not been picked yet. I need more hands. Oh, just, just give me a little more. Just one more. One more year. Anyone can be great for a season. She's been great for a couple of seasons. My man. Anyone can be great for a couple of seasons. <laughs> I love it. I'm Harrison Tar. I buy Harrison Tar on the Bird app. If you want to check out. Any of my, I guess, ESPN Plus work that's coming up soon. Hopefully, I can get some stuff going on this uh, this summer with them as well. Um, if you feel inclined to check out all of my digital content that's coming out over at the Making Bacon at Go Making Bacon, I've never plugged it here before, but we've got some really, really cool stuff, and I've got a really, really cool team I'm super proud of. Um, so I'm, I want to go and plug that, if nothing else, so I can give my interns some portfolio work for you guys to go check out because they'd certainly work their ass off. Speaking of interns, Colin, let everybody know where they can find you and hang out with you. Yeah, just at Buyers of Colin on Twitter. Um, that's really that's all I'm plugging right now. You, you want to spell it out for everybody real quick? People oh, listening? Yeah. We'll, we'll be here. Yeah. B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F-C-O-L-I-N. A.K.A. Bagman. <laughs> of course. You change to change it. the handle. Yeah, you da- change the Bagman. Daniel, let everyone know where they can check you out. Love you. Support you. You can get at me at on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. You can check out my written work for Auburn Wire, Auburn's uh, affiliate of USA Today. And if you have any interest in watching me crunch numbers for a grocery store, uh, let me know. We can get some content coming your way. <laughs> the most non-electric but also electric TikTok content you've ever seen. Dylan, get us the hell out of here, my man. I've had a blast. Been a nice uh, episode. It has been a really good episode. We're almost at that hour. I'm almost tempted to <laughs> to fill a bus for a little bit to get nope, to no. the hour. I got rug. <laughs> well, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. Almost yanked my headphones right out while doing that. That's the Dylan Lark effect for you. If you want to follow us, you got us on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, and Facebook as well. No MySpace, but again, a thousand subs. We're almost there. <laughs> I have broken tar. It was happening. And remember, I'm laughing at Daniel telling you to wrap up the 69th episode. Continue. <laughs> ah, I missed that. Yeah. And remember, we're only 35 subscribers away as this is being recorded. From Daniel having to go do a little TikTok dance, and I presume he's going to do it to a Taylor Swift song of some kind. So, Lord help us when it comes to that. <laughs> but if you want to listen to us, you also got us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. <laughs> and with all that being said, this has been the nicest installment of the College Loop Podcast. Hey, you know what to do. You grown. You know who's right. 19, 16. I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean. Somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit.